Welcome back to Dharmic Heroes. I apologize for the long space in between our introduction episode and this episode. However, today we get started on the first real episode of Dharmic Heroes, Warriors and Leaders. Today, we will discuss Lord Ram, the seventh incarnation of Lord Vishnu, whose deeds and right conduct are the subject of the Hindu epic, the Ramayan. He is the epitome of what a great warrior and leader should be, and he truly symbolizes what it means to be a Dharmic hero hero. Additionally, he is revered by all four of the Dharmic fates for some of the reasons we just described. Before we start, it is important to note two things about today's episode. First, the Ramayan, the main source of inspiration for this podcast, was written thousands of years ago, and there are many versions of it, so some of the descriptions in this may be a little different to the version that you are most familiar with. I've tried to use facts and descriptions that are agreed upon by most versions, but there may be a factor two that that still varies from version to version. Secondly, while the focus of this podcast is Ram, we will have to talk about other characters a lot to ensure that you can understand the full picture of his life. So I apologize if it seems like we're getting a little off topic. Now, without further ado, I present to you the life of the one and only Lord Ram. Let's begin our discussion of Rama at the time of his birth, which is dated at around 7,000 years ago. According to the Hindu calendar, he was born on the ninth day of the Shukla Paksh, the period in which the moon waxes, in the month of Chaitra. According to the Gregorian calendar, this date would fall sometime during March and April. Modern day Hindus continue to celebrate his birthday as Ram Nomi. Rama's birth followed a meeting between Brahma, the god of creation, and the devas, various gods. Here, the devas asked for Brahma's help in freeing earth from King Ravan of Lanka, who was performing many evil and wrong actions that caused much pain and suffering on earth. The reason for his wrong actions was due to the belief that he was invincible, due to a boon he received from Lord Brahma, which stated that none of Brahma's creations could kill him. However, there was a loophole, as Ravan did not include humans in this list. That meant that only a human could kill Ravan. During this meeting, Vishnu, the god of preservation, appeared and told the assembled devas and Brahma that he would incarnate upon the earth as Ram, a human, and kill Ravan. Around the same time, of this heavenly meeting, King Dashrata of the Suryavanshi dynasty of Ayodhya held a yagna, or fire ritual, in order to have sons. The Suryavanshi dynasty is a line of kings who regard themselves as descendants of the sun, and there are even some modern claimants of this lineage today. Ayodhya is an ancient city located in the eastern part of modern-day Uttar Pradesh a state in India on the banks of the river Sarayu. It was at this yagna that Vishnu selected Dashrata to be the father of his avatar or incarnation due to Dashrata's right conduct. At the conclusion of this ritual, the god of fire, Agni, appeared out of the yagna flame and gave him Payasam, a sweet drink to distribute amongst his three wives, Kosalya, Sumitra, and Keike. King Dashrata did just that, and soon after, Dashrata's wives gave birth to four sons, with Kosalya giving birth to Ram, Vishnu's seventh incarnation, and Dashrata heir, KK giving birth to Bharata, and Sumitra giving birth to the twins, Lakshmana and Shatrugna. The other three brothers were incarnations of articles belonging to Lord Vishnu, like his snake, Sheshnag, his Sudarshan Chakra, and his conch shell, Panchajanya. Following their birth, Ayodhya, the city where Ram and his brothers were born, was filled with joy and excitement. Within the royal palace, the four princes grew up in the loving care of their parents and relatives. They were constantly recognized for their respect towards their parents and teachers, and all the princes 
were very smart, brave, and healthy. Additionally, the bond between these brothers was boundless, though Ram and Lakshman were closer, while Bharat and Shakturugna were closer. When the time came, King Dashrutha sent his sons to receive the best education in science and politics under various sages, including Sage Vashistha. During Rama's adolescence, Sage Vishwamitra came to King Dashrutha's court and asked him to send Ram with him to defeat the demons under the command of Maricha and Subahu. Dashrutha agreed, albeit reluctantly, so Vishwamitra took Ram back to his ashram. They were also joined by Lakshman, who couldn't bear to leave his dearest brother. Once arriving at the ashram, Vishwamitra can continue to educate the brothers. They soon had to pass through the forest of Tataka, a demoness that was also Maricha and Subahu's mother. Here, they encountered her, and Ram killed her after she charged him. His victory here is celebrated by the Devas and Sage Vishwamitra, who gives them divine weapons as a gift. Soon after, Sage Vishwamitra begins a yagna that was set to last six days. On the fifth day of the yagna, the sacrificial fire faltered as Maricha and Subahu approach with their horde of demons. Lakshmana and Ram fight and defeat this horde, and Ram is able to kill Subahu, but was only able to injure Maricha, who runs away defeated. Following the completion of the Yagna and the defeat of the demons, Vishwamitra takes Ram and Lakshman to Sita Svayamar. Sita was a child of the earth goddess, Bhumi, and was later adopted by King Janaka of Mithila. Along with this, she was also an incarnation of Vishnu's wife, Lakshmi Devi. He raised her as his own, and when the time came right, Janaka decided to create a Svayamma, or an ancient Hindu marriage tradition where the bride picks her husband from a group of men who have to fit a certain mold, like being a, of a certain rank or completing a challenge. At this Svayamma, King Janaka decided that the person who succeeded in the challenge of lifting and stringing the bow of Lord Shiva was the person who could marry Sita. Ram was able to succeed in this task, which was deemed impossible possible for ordinary men. In fact, he was so strong that he was able to break the bow while stringing it without any visible effort. Soon after, Ram officially married Sita in a mass wedding ceremony conducted for him as well as his brothers and their brides. Following Ram's return from his time with Vishwamitra and his wedding, the elderly king Dashrata announced to his court at Ayodhya that the time had come for his eldest son, Ram, to succeed him as the king of Ayodhya. This move is met by great support from the citizens of Ayodhya who see Ram as a good and righteous leader. However, one of Queen Kaike's servants, Mantra, is anchored by this. She disliked Ram because he used to make fun of her when he was a little boy. She instead felt that her mistress's son, Bharata, should become the king instead. In order to meet her goals, she crafted an evil plan. On the eve of Rama's coronation to the throne, Mantra went to visit Kaike, where she told Kaike of Rama's future coronation. Kaike, is at first pleased by this as she loved Rama like a son. However, Mantra convinced her that it is her birth son, Bharata, who is the one meant to be king. Mantra reminded Queen Keike that she could make Bharata the king by using the two boons, the two boons that King Dashrata promised her after she saved him when he was badly injured in a battle. Keike agreed to use her boons for this purpose, and she then went to meet King Dashrata. When she and the king met, she reminded him of the two boons that he promised her. She asked that her first boon be to ensure sure that Bharata would sit on the throne of Ayodhya as king, and the second boon to be that Ram would be exiled to the forest for 14 years to ensure that Bharata could establish himself as king. King Dashrata was shocked that Keke, who had once loved Ram like her own, could turn so suddenly. Even the people of Ayodhya as a whole were shocked by this, as they all loved Ram and couldn't bear seeing something so bad happening to his future. In the end, King Dashrata sided with Keke, as he could not break his word to her. When Ram 
Ram was informed of this, he immediately sided with Queen Keke as he argued that he couldn't go against the wishes of his mother for following them was the high, was of the highest dharma or duty. He also promised Keke that he would he wouldn't disobey his father's decree for following his father's command was also of the highest dharma. He also said that he wasn't power hungry and didn't care for a materialistic life anyway. As Ram prepared to depart to the forest to begin his long exile, everyone mourned such a decision. Ram talked with his wife Sita about the exile and asked her to remain at home with all the comforts of a royal life. Sita refused as she felt that her place was with her husband regardless of whatever situation he may be in. Lakshman also agreed to come with them as Lakshman was extremely close to his older brother. He also wished to support Ram in light of his unfair exile. With his wife and brother, Ram departed for the forest where he would spend the next 14 years of his life. Ram, Lakshman, and Sita soon leave the capital and head to Chitrakut to begin their exile exile at the ashram of sage Vashista, Ram's first teacher. However, they are not left alone immediately after his exile, as Bharata and Shatrugna come to visit them. Upon his arrival, Bharata apologizes to Ram for his mother's behavior, which caused his exile, and also told the trio that their father, King Dashrata, had unfortunately died after Ram left, as he was heartbroken upon seeing his eldest son leave. They all express grief upon hearing this news, and here, Bharata tries to get Ram to return home with him. Ram refuses, as he he must carry out his parents' wishes as well as his own word. This answer does not please Bharata, but he thought of a solution to allay the situation. The solution was that Bharata would be Ram's regent in his absence while remaining an ascetic. Ram agreed, and Bharata and Shatrugna depart with the sandals, which will be used to represent Ram's kingship in his absence. In the th tenth year of Ram's exile, he and his family decide to make their home at Panchavati, an area on the Godavari River known for the large amounts of demons nearby. One of these demonesses, Surpurnika, was passing by when she saw Ram. She instantly fell in love with the young prince, and she transformed into a beautiful lady to attract him. She came up to him and tried to convince him to marry her, but Ram refused her advances as he was married and faithful to Sita, and he didn't want a second wife. Surpurnika, disappointed, then turned to Lakshman, but Lakshman also refused, saying that he wasn't equal to Ram and therefore meant that Supernika didn't deserve him. These rejections angered Supernika, and she returned to her demonic form and attacked Sita, whom she believed was the root of her problems. However, her attacks were unsuccessful as Lakshman cut off her nose, which forced her to run away. After Supernika's embarrassment, Ram and his group are enjoying their peace at Panchavati. However, their peace was disturbed when a group of demon warriors attacked them. This is because Supernika went to Kara, her brother and their commander, to get him to take revenge on these brothers for denying her request of love and for cutting off her nose. Ram and Lakshman are easily able to, to kill them, but soon after, Kara comes personally along with his army of 14,000 demons to subdue them. However, Ram is once again easily able to kill all of them except for one man. Upon hearing of her brother's defeat and demise, Supernika went to Lanka to tell her other brother, King Ravan, about all that had occurred. Additionally, the survivor of Kara's army, Akampana, also comes to tell Ravan all about Ram. These two convince Ravan to get revenge for the death of his brother and his brother's army, as well as to get revenge for Supernika's humiliation. Additionally, Supernika tells Ravan about Ram's beautiful wife. Ravan readily agrees to help his sister, and he immediately begins making plans to abduct Sita, a way for him to fill his desire, along with fulfilling his promise of revenge. He goes to Maricha, the demon Ram had already defeated once, where he, where he asked Maricha for help. Maricha refused, as he had already witnessed Ram's strength and power firsthand when he had decimated his own force of demons and had grievously injured him. 
Ravan refuses to take no for an answer, and Maricha joins, saying that at least he will get to die by the hands of a righteous man like Ram, as opposed to the hands of a sinner like Ravan. Ravan and Maricha then undertake the journey to Ram's ashram. They arrive, and upon arrival, Maricha turns into a beautiful deer with gold and silver fur. In this form, he goes near the ashram and Sita spots it. Sita asks Ram to get it for her, and Ram agrees, despite Lakshman warning it could be a shape-shifting demon. He orders Lakshman to protect Sita in his absence before he heads off to the forest to hunt the deer. As Ram pursues the deer, he realized that Lakshman was right, as the deer was moving too quickly and was quite unlike any other deer he had ever seen. With this realization, Ram shot the deer, which transformed back into Maricha. With his dying breaths, Maricha shouted in a voice that sounded very similar to Ram, in which he called for help from Sita and Lakshman. Sita, who had just heard the cry for help, immediately asks Lakshman to go find her husband. Lakshman gently refused, as he knew that Ram was invincible and that it was probably all just a trick. However, this enrages Sita, who claims that Lakshman never really loved Ram and that following him was only a ploy for him to marry Sita. Lakshman was so hurt by these remarks that he agreed to go look for Ram, but he would still follow his brother's orders to protect Sita by drawing a line around her that would prevent anyone from getting too close to her. With the drawing of the line, Lakshman went off to find and help his brother. Soon after, a sadhu or holy man approached the ashram where Sita was sitting behind the line. The sadhu gently asked Sita for some food and water as he had been traveling for many days. Sita was happy to oblige and retrieved what he asked for. As she was going to give him the food, she realized that he sat just beyond the line of protection that Lakshman had drawn. She hesitated for a minute, but then crossed the line as she wasn't afraid of holy men. As she crossed the line, the sadhu threw off his disguise and turned back into the ten-headed King Ravan. Ravan grabbed Sita and threw her into his pushbuck Vimana. Soon after, Lakshman and Ram come across one another, and they both rushed back to the ashram to find Sita missing. Here, Rama fell into a deep despair. Lakshman tries to calm his brother, but to no avail. They soon go to search for Sita, where they come across the dying vulture king, Jatayu. Jatayu told them of Sita's kidnapping by Ravan and tells them that he tried to save Sita, but Ravan was able to defeat him and headed south. Upon telling him this, Jatayu dies of his inju injuries and Rama, in order to repay Jatayu's helping kindness, performs Jatayu's funeral rites. With this new information, Rama and Lakshman continue to head south. Along their journey, they meet the demon Kabanda, who nearly eats them, but is still defeated by the brothers. As he dies, he tells Rama to find the Vanara king in exile, Sugriva, as he would help them. He also tells them to head west to a lake, and then east from that lake, to find the exact location of Sugriva. Rama agrees, and again performs the funeral rites for the person that helped him. The brothers head west until they reach the before-mentioned lake. Here, they encounter a woman named Shabari. She was a very sincere devotee of Lord Ram, and when he came to her ashram, she was overjoyed to see him. Here, she offered Ram berries and bit into them to ensure that Ram would only get the best fruit. Impressed by this true form of devotion, Ram ate these half-bitten pieces of food, showing the true respect and appreciation he had for his devotees. After this act of devotion, Shabari tells Ram Sugriva's exact location before Ram blesses her and takes her leave. Almost immediately after Ram's departure, Shabri's life ended in joy as her life goal of meeting Lord Ram was obtained. Following his meeting with these two people, Ram took his brother Lakshman to the site where Sugriva was. Upon his arrival at this place, he meets Hanuman, his greatest devotee, who agrees to help Ram by taking him to Sugriva, his king. He takes them to Sugriva, who tells them that he is willing to help the brothers as long as Ram helps him become the king of the Vanaras once more. Ram agrees, and they soon confront Vali, 
Sugriva's brother and the Vanara king. Rama kills him, and soon after, Sugriva is recrowned as the king of the Vanaras. His first act as king is to dispatch search parties in order to find Sita. The search party that headed south discovers that Sita had been taken to Lanka from Jatayu's older brother. Ram asks Hanuman to confirm the claim and to tell her that he is coming, which he does by assuming a massive form and jumping across the ocean to Lanka. Upon reaching Lanka, he finds Sita in a garden and presents her with Ram's ring and a message which pleases her. Upon returning to Ram, he tells him that Sita is alive and well and wishes to be saved. The answer also pleases Ram, who then orders the construction of a massive bridge to Lanka. The monkeys do just that by carving the name of Ram onto rocks which then float on the surface of the water. With the construction of the bridge complete, Ram, Lakshman, Hanuman, and the Vanara army head to Lanka to fight Ravan. As they arrived on the island of Lanka, they were met by Ravan and his vast army of demons. For many days, the armies fought with no side surrendering, despite the thousands of casualties on either side. Ram shows his prowess as a warrior by killing hundreds, if not thousands of demons, including Ravan's brother, the giant Kumbhakarna. Ram also engaged in combat with Ravan for several days before he finally was able to defeat him by using the powerful Brahmashtra. The day of Ram's victory over Ravan is referred to as Dashera or Vijaya Dashmi and is used to symbolize the victory of good over evil. Following Ram's victory over Ravan, Ram was reunited with Sita. However, Ram does not immediately embrace Sita as he felt that Sita's purity was in question for being with Ravan for so long. Sita, shocked by this, asked Ram and Lakshman to build a pyre for her to walk through in order to prove her purity. Once the pyre is lit, Sita steps into the flames. But she does not burn, which proved that she was still pure. With this demonstration, Ram joyfully embraces her and she returns to his side as his wife. As they prepare to depart, Ram anointed Vibhishan, the one righteous brother of Ravan, as the new king of Lanka. Then Hanuman, Lakshman, Sita, and Ram depart for Ayodhya as the exile had now ended. Their return to Ayodhya is celebrated on the Hindu festival of Diwali, which signifies their return on a moonless night where they were guided home by the diyas or candles that the citizens put out for them. Upon Ram's return to Ayodhya, his brother Bharat immediately welcomes him and steps down as his regent, allowing Ram to ascend the throne as the true king of Ayodhya and the scion of the Suryavanshi dynasty. As his rule progressed, the kingdom of Ayodhya entered a golden age called the Ram Barajya, as all bad things were eliminated from the kingdom and only good flourished. One day, Ram disguised himself as a common man to discover the true problems of his people. While exploring, he overheard a conversation between some of his subjects. They said that Sita was lucky that Ram had taken her back as she had been with another man. This infuriated Ram as Sita had already proven her loyalty, yet still some of his subjects felt otherwise. A, distra a distraught Ram returned to his palace and decided that since he was the king, he had to follow his dharma or duty as king. Part of a king's duty was being able to answer his people's questions and concerns, as well as solving them. He also had to protect his wife from any harm or abuse that may be directed at her by his subjects. In order to do both of these things, he sent his wife out of Ayodhya to the ashram of the great sage Valmiki. Sage Valmiki was the best choice for this as he was a great devotee of Ram and was Sita's spiritual sibling since his mother was also the earth.
His reign continued following the sad episode in his life. He continued to remain faithful to Sita by never remarrying while also becoming a brahmacharya. A brahmacharya is someone who follows a strict set of rules in order to live a moral life. This, in a way, represented Ram's apology to Sita. One day, when Ram was performing a yagna as king, Sage Valmiki returned, bringing his two sons, Love and Kush. The twins were born shortly after Ram sent Sita away from Ayodhya as Sita had been pregnant with them around that time. Ram was overjoyed at the fact that he could see his sons and heirs for the first time. When Ram asked where his dear wife was, Valmiki asked her to come out of hiding from the crowd. Sita did this and reunited with Ram, but upon seeing him, she had a realization. The realization was that her husband declared her pure, but still, some of his subjects were still going to find fault in her. This saddened Sita, and so she decided that this was going to be her end. She called upon her mother, Bumi, to take her back, and her mother granted her wish by opening a gap which enveloped her. This showed that even the earth could feel the pain of Sita. Ram was very saddened by Sita's premature death, and he decided to continue his brahmacharya vow until death. However, he did not let his grief get in the way of his kingly responsibilities, and he continued to rule over Ayodhya with his brothers while raising his sons, Love and Kush. As the time approached for Ram to ascend heaven, he ensured that his sons and his nephews would all have places to rule over. In the case of his twin sons, Love and Kush, he divided the kingdom into upper and lower halves for each of them to rule over. Once this task was complete, he, along with his brothers, went to the banks of the Sarayu River, where they surrendered their earthly manifestations to it. This allowed Ram to return to his home in Vishnulok, or Vishnu's abode, and reunite with his true form of Lord Vishnu. This also allowed him to be reunited with his wife Sita, as she was an incarnation of Lord Vishnu's wife, Lakshmi Devi. This also allowed him to reunite with his brothers, since they were incarnations of Lord Vishnu's things, as well as his snake. Till this day, Lord Ram is still worshipped as the embodiment of Dharma and as the Mariada Purushottam, or the ideal man, for following his duty to a fault. He is an exemplary warrior capable of amazing powers as shown by his ability to defeat hordes of demons with only Lakshman's help. He is an exemplary leader with his rule over Ayodhya marking a golden age for the people living there at the time. The term Ram Rajya, or rule of Lord Ram, is found in the writings of Mahatma Gandhi and is used to describe a society where everybody is happy and prospering. Lord Ram's actions still show us how to live a good and disciplined life. That concludes our first real episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or suggestions, feel free to contact me at thermicheroes108 at gmail.com and at Instagram at thermicheroes. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.